Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another Get Genius Podcast episode. You know what I love is when I interview someone and there's just these very like easy, simple, new concepts that you can walk away with and we get it all done in 30 minutes and that's with my guest today, Rich Allen. He's pretty awesome. I also love it, like most of my guests who have a real heartfelt reason for why they do what they do. To me, that's the most important because you know what drives them and you know how committed they are to their to their mission. And um, today we're talking with Rich Allen about small businesses. And his whole goal is to stop small businesses from failing. That is his mission. And it's his main focus. It's his single objective in everything that he does. Put an end to small business failure. I don't know the exact number, what the statistics are. I think it's like one in five. We talk about it on the show of businesses that that fail before and don't even make it to five years. Why is this happening? We're going to talk about why that's happening. Um, everything, everything that he does is centered around this passion, which is so cool. And it, and it started with his father's family owned business. And he shares the story of his father just kind of going through that day to day, putting out the fires, hustling to the point where there's, there's not really any growth in the business and he's still struggling And there's a lot of people that you've either experienced that or you're going through it now where you're just like working your ass off, but like, where's the growth and, and where's the reward? And there's so many reasons to why that's not happening. So if you find yourself in, in this position, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Rich is, has so much information, but it's very like simplified. And he has this great metaphor that you're going to hear about on the show. Please visit his website that we talk about, because that's where you're going to get a visual for the metaphor that we talk about and, um, apply it just, just this one episode, what you hear, you can apply to your business and get some clarity about where things may be working, may not be working, where there's some kinks or some things that need to be tuned up, if you will. Um, So take a listen to that. We'll talk about the radio show that he hosts, books that he has out, and all kinds of other good things um, that will help transform your business and make sure that you are not part of the statistic on the negative side, don't don't let your small business fail. If you have a small business, don't let any business fail. So many of us are in the startup phase. Some of us have successful businesses, but we have a couple startups on the side, like myself. So you wanna you wanna get those off the ground and and running, and he will tell you how. So please enjoy this interview. Hello, Rich, and welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here, Summer. Well, I think that you're going to have some great advice for a lot of our listeners who have small businesses. <laughs> well, that's the hope. All right. right. You know, I know you've got you've your goal is to stop small businesses from failing. And so before we get into that and, and how we can do that, I'd like to know why it became so important to you. You know, I'll tell you, Summer, that this uh, this 
became important to me probably 10 years ago. Um, it all started back when I was a young kid working for my dad. My, uh, I come from a very large family. I've got 11 brothers and sisters, and my dad um, worked multiple jobs trying to just take care of the family to make ends meet. He finally decided to start his own business because he figured that was his best way to make it work. And while he was really good at what he did, he was good at his trade, he didn't have a clue how to run a business. Yeah. And as a result, it was it was a train wreck. It was a tragedy. And and it just continued year after year after year of just heartache and and struggle and failure and disappointment. And you know, I ran from that when I was a kid. You know, I I took my options to to go off to college and I just got as far away as I could from my family because of the turmoil. And, and it was only after many years later when I saw my dad is in his older years, just continuing to struggle and realizing that, that while I couldn't help him, I, I now knew some things and I, and I knew what he should be doing, but I didn't, you know, I never had the, I guess at the time, the courage or the confidence to go back and, and help him do it. So that's now my passion. That's what I do. So I help, I help small business owners avoid the, the frustrations and pitfalls that my dad endured. Yeah. And so let's talk about that because I know you probably know better than I do the, the percentage of small businesses, especially startups, um, that fail in, within their first or second year. I know that I, the yeah, number's pretty incredible. high. Yeah. yeah, the number's high. I mean, it's only one of five ever make it to to their five-year anniversary. Yeah, it's crazy. So why is this happening? What are some of the biggest reasons? You know, I do believe that, that um, you know, and I say this a lot, that I think that that most small business owners lack the the knowledge on what to focus their effort in and what to spend their time doing. And as a result, because they don't know exactly what to do, all they do is the work that's right in front of them. So they deal with whatever the issue is of of the day. And as a result, every day looks like the next and next week looked like last week. And, and they never make any progress on the business itself. All they're doing is is essentially putting out fires or solving issues that come up, come up day after day. Right. And that's and after a so while, typical. honestly, you run out of gas. Yeah, you run out of you run out of steam. And it's hard, you know. You can't really grow from a point of putting out fires because it's you can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't it's just hard. be trying to stay afloat. <laughs> and and you go home at night and you're just exhausted. And by the time you get there, the last thing you want to do is then to spend time on your business. Exactly. So how do you do that though? How do you because the fires need to be put out. So how do you, how does somebody who feels that, you know, daily running around doesn't really have a lot of structure going on and can't even think about the next level, maybe thinks about it, maybe fantasizes about it, but can't really get there because they're so in, in wrapped up in the day-to-day putting out the fires. How do you shift that? Well, you know, I, it started for me summer with the idea of, of uh, just trying to find a model something that people could could get their head around 
that was relatively simple so that so that their business couldn't be wouldn't be viewed as too complicated or too complex because the problem is most people look at a business and they say wow i don't even know where to start right if i had the time even if i took the time i don't know what i would do first right so you know the as i was running as as i had the opportunity to run a business I, I was faced with the, I, I faced with the very same challenge. I had a a business that wasn't functioning, and I, and honestly, at the time, I was just scratching my head around, okay, what to work on first. And then it hit me that that a business is a lot like a bicycle. And so over the years, I've been using a bike, just a regular street bike, as a metaphor for a for a business. And it's allowed me to be able to compartmentalize my thinking and prioritize my activities and help other business owners kind of think really logically about what needs to be fixed on my bike without trying to feel like I have to fix everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are some of the the strategies that you've developed to help people do that and determine what is it that needs to be fixed? Well, the first place that we start or the first thing I suggest to people is that we that we just first look at the business in general and we just come, we ask ourselves, how does it stack up when we're thinking about a bike? And the reason I use a bike, Summer, is because, you know, we all know how to ride a bike, right? right. And we're all familiar with it. We know what it's, how it feels when you get on a bike that's it's really cool. It's well tuned up, and and you can ride it and go really fast. We also know what it's like to ride one that's in disrepair, and and how frustrating it is if if it's out of alignment or it doesn't, you know, that's not well oiled. So we get that feeling, and we know that we know that about a bike. So we so we can translate that over to the feeling in a business, because we know what it feels like to walk up every morning, wake up every morning and, and, and not feel good about your business. So I simply say, let's, let's walk around the bike and let's ask the question, do you have the, the eight fundamental areas of your business working well? And if not, then let's just prioritize which area we need to work on first. And so it becomes really simple and it's just a, a discussion, but you have to, you have to understand what the bike parts mean relative to a business, right? And so those parts are the eight fundamental right. You call the them fundamental yeah, the fundamental areas that any business owner has got to master or has got to have nailed down in their business. And what are those areas? So let me, I'll, I'll start here. I'll take you on a quick lap around the bike because I think it might help. And yes. we'll, we can take a pause. But the first most important part are the handlebars, right? It's how we steer. And, and as a kid, we used to like to ride our bikes with our hands in the air because it was cool and we could. But as adults, it's not a smart thing to do when we're running our business. So we have <laughs> to steer our business. And, and the way we steer a business is that we paint a picture of the vision, the future that we want for the business. So we have to articulate what we want the business to look like five or 10 years in the future. And we do that for our own benefit so we can get excited about that. But we also do it for the people that are on our team to get them excited about where the, where the business is going so that they'll want to do it with us. So part of steering is building a vision 
and having a goal, a dream of what we want the business to look like. Step one, right? Right. Okay. So the next step is we got to look at the frame of the business because the frame is what holds everything together. And so the frame of a bike is, you know, it's got to, everything's got to connect to it. It's got to be sturdy and strong. Same thing in a business. And our frame represents all of our, all of our business documentation, all the things that we're required to have by law, all the things we need if we're going to have a partnership. It includes our organizational chart and it includes our, our job responsibilities so that everybody on our team knows exactly what their job is relative to everybody else so that they're clear and clean handoffs from one person to the next and nothing gets dropped. So everything in the structure has to be solid. That's step number two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Awesome. I'm, I'm loving this. Yes. Okay. Then on our bike, there are two places where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> it's on the front wheel and the back wheel. And that's, that's how a bike operates. In our business, there are two places where the rubber meets the road. The front wheel of our business represents our ability to win new customers, right? To tell our story and to get people to say, yes, I want to do business with you. And then the other, the back wheel of our business is our ability to deliver on the promise that we made on the front. So delivering our service or product to them, right? So we have to know how we're going to do both. Here's the interesting part. Some are this side. This just is amazing to me on a bike both the front wheel and back wheel have to go at the same speed otherwise i'm gonna crash yeah right in business it happens to be the same thing if my front wheel goes faster than my back wheel then i'm gonna make a promise that i don't deliver and many people are gonna say they sold me this but they delivered something less Right? right, and they're going to go on social media, and they're going to talk bad, poorly about me, and and it's going to be they have more power than I do to get the message out. If my back wheel's going faster than my front wheel, then I'm going to burn my my cash. I'm going to burn my resources up because I'm not bringing in enough new business or enough customers to to feed the engine that I've created. So in a business, they've got to go at the same speed as well. Right. So we have to know how to do that. Yep. So we got to ask ourselves, okay, how does our front wheel work? How does our back wheel work? And then the way we control the speed of our front and back wheel on a bike is by using the brakes. Well, the brakes in a, in a bit on a business are our financial controls. And so financial controls that it's not how much money is in our checkbook. It's our, cash flow statement, our income statement, our balance sheet, our our uh, our budget, right? The documents that tell us whether we need to slow down or speed up on the spending on either our front wheel or our back wheel of our business, right? Right. So we've got to have those and we've got to look at them. I, I will tell you this, most business owners don't look at their financial statements in a timely manner. Most of them don't get them for two or three months if, if even that soon after the month ends. Yeah. So they so can't, how, how can they use it to put, to know what to do with their spending? So it's a, it becomes a bit of a problem. It's like riding a bike without any brakes. Right. A bit of a challenge. 
right? And then we've got, and then, of course, one of the most important parts on a bike is the seat, right? You've probably been on a bike where the seat isn't positioned right. Yep. I certainly know I have, and whenever I've done that, it's never fun. It hurts. Well, the the people that sit on our seat are our people, our team. So we have to position our seat so that it's a comfortable ride, so that our team will put maximum power to our pedals. So the seat position has to do with our compensation program, our incentive plans, our communication programs, our reward systems, how we engage people in the business. Those kinds of things have to be structured in a way that it makes someone want to get on and comfortably ride and pedal hard. Right. Does that make sense? I love that. Yes. So, where you know, the only other thing, there's two other pieces to it. One is the, you know, typically on a bike, there, there, there's a monitor indicators that tell you how fast you're going, what your cadence is, what your pace is, those kinds of things. And in our business, those, I call those our key performance indicators. Those are the forward-looking indicators that, tell, that help us predict how the business is going. It's, I, I use the, the notion of a dashboard. Many, many business owners don't have those indicators, so they, they, have no, they have no way to predict how well their business is going to do in two or three months in the future. Right. But we have to have that if we're going to go fast on our bike. Right. So how's that? Does that does that sound like a business to you? That's awesome. I love that. And Isn't so that crazy? It also makes it, you know, less when you when you break it up into pieces like that, and you really like look at those, you can you can see where do we need to fix. Oh, my, maybe maybe you have a clear vision, or maybe you're you're all set in your structure and you've got a great team, but you're not operating the brakes right in the right manner, or maybe. Um, Maybe the team isn't feeling incentivized and not wanting to work that hard. I th- that's I love looking at it this way. This is awesome, yeah, so and, and I'm leave, a bike person yeah. too. So <laughs> yeah, that's, well, see, I love riding bikes, and and uh, and I love it when my bike really works well. Right. I don't like it, and it's not a fun ride when it doesn't. Yeah. So, but I also have have to have gears on my bike to help me get up and down the hills, and just like that in business. We, we have to be able to shift our business so that when the economy's tough, we can gear down so we don't have to work so hard, but still be po- profitable. But when the economy, like for us right now in Texas, the economy is booming. And so we have to be able to gear up and, and be able to just take advantage of it and go really fast. Right. What what is the point that businesses usually come to you, or does it vary? You know, I would say most businesses their their struggle primarily is with the front wheel of the bike. Yeah. Most business owners are in the business because they were like my dad. They they know the trade, so they're a good technician. They know what to do. But most of them don't come into the business world or into the, a small business out of a sales mindset. Right. And so they come and they, and they think, if I'm just good at delivering this business, if I'm a good IT person or if I'm a good engineer, if, you know, if I'm good at, at baking pies, that, that people will obviously show up and, and, and ask for my pies. But in fact, 
we're all salespeople. And so we have to know how to communicate with our with our prospects and customers in a way that makes them come over and do business with us. So I spend a lot of time on the front wheel with with many of my business owners. That's awesome. And I would imagine so that's where that's where a lot of the marketing comes in. It uh, does. Yeah. And I'm seeing, you know, I'm just having the visual, and I know you have a visual on your your website as well, um, which I love the name, by the way, Tour to Profit. It's yeah, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. But you have this great visual on your site where you can kind of highlight, not kind of, you can, you highlight over those areas of the bike, and it, you know, refreshes, you know, here are the pedals, here's the handlebars, the seat, right. the water bottle, and it's, it's, it's awesome. So it, it really helps, you know, just... Just in a quick, if you if you have that, you know, um, check in with with yourself and your business on a monthly basis, or you know, as often as you can, and just think about the bike. Okay, well, let me just like you know, you can kind of do like a scan basically, right? <laughs> and yeah, see where you might be lacking. You know, you're right. The way that I kind of look at this is, if you're gonna, if you've decided you're gonna paint your house or paint all the rooms in your house, you're not just gonna start painting all the rooms you're going to ask yourself, what room should I paint first? Right. Well, on on your business, it's like, okay, my business isn't working. I can't fix everything. Which part should I fix first? And so this is a way just to be able to compartmentalize and focus. Because if you can do that and you can, let's say that you don't have good, strong marketing messages. Okay. Then you can go to that component of the bike and, and, I can show you how to do that, or you can think through how to do that, and you can make that a little bit better before you go to something else. Right. What are some recent results that that you have seen, or some some of the biggest transformations with businesses? You know, I've had I've had many that have been massive transformations. Probably the one that's that that strikes me specifically is I remember having several years ago. A lot, this is a client that's been with me probably five years husband and wife team, when they came and they first sat down with me, the, the husband couldn't have a conversation with me because his phone went off like every 10 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> because everybody called him. And he was a, he was a residential plumber. And, and he, was the, he was the guy that took the orders. He's the guy that scheduled the, his, his crew. And, and he's the guy that also went out on the job. And so we had to work our way out of making him the central center point of the business to now fast forward five years later, he's got 18 trucks. He's got 18 teams of people. He doesn't carry a phone, right? He has a team of people in the office. They have a team of people who take the calls. They have another team that dispatches and, and all he does, his job, he and his wife's job now are just to make sure that they hire the best people to be on their team. That's their primary role in the business. So earlier when I was asking about putting out those fires, I mean, that's key right there is having having trusted people because we can't do it all. And I think when, when you're first starting a business, entrepreneurs, they do wear many, many hats and they are doing it all. Right. And it's so hard to, one, 
let go of of the control of all of those hats and those duties because you think Absolutely. only you know how to do it. And then the other is, you know, can I can I afford to to hire somebody and and actually, you know, delegate all of this to them? So what advice do you have around around that? Yeah, I would say this I, in every case. If the here's the here's the thing, if if the business owner would take the time that they that they would free up by hiring somebody to work on in their business with them, if they would take that available time and put that towards generating more business, they always can afford to hire somebody. Yeah. So the model I typically use is once you can once you can afford to pay for half of someone's salary, it's time to make the hire and take the leap of faith, if you will, that once I hire that person, if I put my efforts towards generating more business, I'll be able to cover the other half of that salary and more by the new business I'll generate. Right. Right. So if you wait till you can afford the whole thing, you'll never get there. Yeah. <laughs> Because by the time you're there, you're, you know, you're already, you're exhausted. So true. What advice do you have for, for hiring? Well, uh, you know, hiring is such a critical piece of this that in fact, I, I have a totally separate kind of activity that I do that it's a, it's a different business that I run that's called Fit First Hiring. And here's my one piece of advice that I would give every business owner. Don't focus on someone's skill. Don't, don't focus on the skills or even their work experience. Focus on the behaviors that you want on your team. Yeah. So work on fit first because, because if you, if you, we could teach anybody anything. There may be some certifications we have to, to get through a technical institute or something like that. But for most case, for most positions, we can teach the skill. We, we will never teach the behaviors. And what I find is most people hire for skill, and I've never yet seen somebody get, get let go or asked to leave because of skill. It was always because they didn't have the right behaviors. They didn't show up on time. They weren't ethical. They took shortcuts. They, they weren't disciplined or thorough enough, you know, those kinds of behaviors. Does that oh, make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. And so I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm big on the, first. yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I absolutely believe that because you're, you know, uh, you're supposed to be growing and learning all of these skills and new skills along the journey anyways. But first right. and foremost, you have to be fit enough to, to handle that. Right. I, I, I want somebody that, that fits into my culture. Right. Because if they're in my, if they don't fit in the culture, I don't care how skilled they are. They're not going to be comfortable. They're not going to stay. Right. Exactly. So, what are some of the things that you go through with a client when they when they come to you? I, I know that you you probably go through the through the bike and ask you know and and kind of look really closely at these various areas. But what are they? What are they bringing to you in order to find? Because I think that some people don't even know 
right. which part of the bike is when they're just like, it's just no, not working. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And here's Summer, you asked the best question is what do they what do they come? What do I do first? Or yeah. what what do I ask them first? And here's the deal. I have a whiteboard in my office and and I I, I put a line down the middle and on the left side, I say, describe your business today. Tell me what it what it looks like today. How many people, what customers you serve, what, what, what's going right, what's not going right. And they, everybody can, they can fill up the left side of the board. Yeah. And then I go to the right side and I say, what do you want this business to look like in 10 years? And I get a blank stare <laughs> in most cases. Because yeah. most people are so consumed with what they're dealing with on the left side of the board, what what it looks like today, they haven't even given a thought to what this thing could look like. Right. So so the first place we start is because look, I don't I don't care what somebody wants their business to look like. It's not up to me. It's their dream. It's their it's you know it's it's their vision. It's what they want this thing to look like. So but many people haven't even taken the taken a pause to even articulate what that is. So that's where we start. And then when we do that, then it's pretty easy to say, okay, if this is what you want and here's where you're at, we can probably come up with three or four things in the middle that we'd say, here's our gap. And now, which is the one we work on first? Right. And that's all we want, right? I don't want to put together a a one-year plan or even a six-month plan. I want to find the first two or three things because as soon as we start to work on the two or three things, other things will pop up that become really important. Yeah. And I, I would imagine, too, just, you know, fixing those, the one thing <laughs> That's makes, right. makes a change. And it's just those are the things that move. The, it's the little things. I love this approach because it can be so overwhelming to look at everything that's not working. So overwhelming to the point where you just, it paralyzes you. That's why people quit. Yeah. That, and, and that's what's unfortunate. That's what my, you know, my dad was so consumed with everything that didn't work to the point that he became an alcoholic. He lost his marriage. He he lost his family, became estranged, and he ended up, he, my dad passed away, never having the experience of having his dream come true wow. because he was so consumed in the minutia of everything. Yeah. So that's what really drives this passion for you. It does every day. Everybody, everybody I meet with, I, I see my dad in so many people. Yeah. And and that's good and bad, right? And people think sometimes they think I'm an emotional wreck, um, but other times I'm so fired up about it because I, you know, it's like okay, I got a chance to to make an impact on this one. Right. Now. What are the various ways that people can work with you, work with your company? Well, I do. You know, I mean, there are a couple different things, right? We do. I, I do have people who work with me fairly intently. I do. We do strategy sessions on a monthly basis. They're part of a mastermind group that I have together. Right. So there's a pretty intense program that's focused around that. I have other people who simply just use our services to help them identify and select good team members, right? That's another way to, you know, that, to me, that's a great place to start because if you can get that right, it frees up a lot of opportunities for you to do other things in your business. Right. 
and then and then the other part of what we do is we do a lot of um, I do a lot of speaking at whether it's an industry group or a franchise group or 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 you know company events to kind of just to to inspire and motivate people to to look at their business differently. Those are probably the three big ways. Awesome. So if if people want more information, we can send them to tourtoprofit.com and they can find they can find fit first hiring there as well, correct? Correct. Okay. Yep. And that's yep. tour to profit. Find, yeah. yeah. Tour to profit, like Tour de France, as right. you picked up on it, right? This is this is all about a multi-stage race to grow your business. So it's called the Tour to Profit. Um, it's the it's the title of my first book. Um, it's you know I don't I don't know I got lucky it was available and and I've had fun with the with the name. Well, I just want to say what's so great is you know when you when you work with somebody you like to see how they operate with with their business. What does their website look like? Um, what's their branding like? And I will say, um, listeners, when you check out the site, you'll see what I mean. But your branding is so on point. Uh, I love it. It's a beautiful, welcoming well, site. You. And it's very easy to navigate. Um, I love it. I love the well, whole concept you. of it because I'm. It's it's very tangible. It's something that you can easily wrap your brain around because you know, business owners, which is a lot of our, our listeners, it's overwhelming. <laughs> There's so many things to think about. And this really like helps you compartmentalize everything and, and make it let make it actually very actionable. And I love it when you can just do one thing and then it starts to ripple through everything else in your business. And then it makes the next thing that you have to tackle that much easier, especially when you're seeing results in, in one area. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Thank you for that, and I hope that's true for your listeners. And and the one thing I'll tell you that now, Summer, you will never look at a bike the same again. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that's the downside. That's okay. <laughs> I love it. This has been so awesome. Um, I'd love to let our listeners hear about. Some, I know that you're an author. I know that you're a speaker. You have a radio show. Can you? Tell us a little bit about other places that we can find your work and um, and where we can find you on your show. Right, you can. Uh, well, I do. Uh, I do a weekly radio show. It's on. Uh, it's an internet radio show called KVGI Radio. So if you just Google KVGI Radio, I'm on every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock, and then throughout the week they replay every uh, uh, our our show. Um, and you can uh, you can find my new book, The Ultimate Business Tune-Up. Um, you can find it on my both on my website, and obviously you can find it at any of the major retailers. Um, those are the best places. You'll you'll probably find my uh, I, I do have a YouTube channel and and Facebook page, but but if you type in my name, you'd get if you type in Rich Allen, you'll find me. Fantastic! Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rich. This has been so great. I think uh, it offers a really good new perspective for many of us on our businesses. So I appreciate it so much and appreciate what you do and for being on the show. Well, thank you, Summer. It's been a pleasure to be with you. You're awesome at this. Thank you. (laughs) So are you. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. 
on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.